talk about this question. Isn't the church pointless? Sometimes we feel like that. You've probably felt that. Sometimes there are times when feelings come upon us, and the problem is the feelings come and feelings go. The church is a fellowship of believers, believers in Jesus Christ, who have a point, who have a purpose. The church, when really done in the way that God intends, is a fellowship of believers who live with a point, live with a purpose. We put it this way, we help people find Jesus, follow Jesus, as we love, grow, and go. And 1 John is where we're going to go first. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. I need to grab my Bible. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Now, who's John? John is one of the apostles. And so John is the author of the Gospel of John. And then he's author of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And so John starts off in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. So the Apostle John starts off by saying, he says, we've seen these things. We've experienced these things. We walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus. We've seen the miracles that Jesus did. And he said, these things are true. So in verse 3, the church is the church when we enter into fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. You're invited into fellowship with God's people. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen. And that word fellowship is Greek word koinonia. You may have heard of it. It means to have in common, to share in common, to share our lives with one another, to share our hearts with one another, to share in common our tears, to share at the deepest level, to experience what we would call biblical community or spiritual community, one with another. Here's the problem. Sometimes we use that word fellowship and we dilute it. Christians have donuts together. And then they say, hey, that was great fellowship. Well, was it fellowship or not fellow? Was it not fellowship? And the answer is maybe. Maybe it was and maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the beginning of deeper fellowship. Maybe it was just donuts and coffee. Nothing wrong with donuts and coffee. Unless that's all you have is donuts and coffee. Maybe we're just having donuts and coffee together and not really entering into fellowship. It could be the means, right? It could be the means to start fellowship. Certainly can be. Should be. Just depends. Depends. 
on where we go with it. Fellowship with a purpose is what we're talking about. God did not intend for us to live the spiritual life alone. God intended the church to be a place where we experience deep and transparent fellowship and community and authentic community with a purpose. Now sometimes what people do is they replace church fellowship with other forms of fellowship. I've been to Alcoholic Anonymous meetings and there are people are very transparent, very moving really, to uh, see people share their hearts and sometimes people replace that kind of fellowship with spiritual community in the church. They say, well, people at church just aren't transparent. Well, sometimes we aren't. And so the kind of fellowship that happens in a place like Alcoholic Anonymous is the kind of fellowship that we should also have. It's part of what God's design is. Sometimes people say they have fellowship, and I do have fellowship on the golf course. We do. We can. Sometimes I've had great fellowship both with brothers and sisters on the golf course talking about not only our slice, but also about what God is doing. And that can happen. But again, same question is, are we just golfing or is it the means to have deeper kind of fellowship? The Bible pictures the church and the church is not pointless when we really have that transparent, authentic fellowship with one another. Now, just talk about myself for a second here. I just spent three weeks together with another pastor, Jeff, from uh, northwest Iowa, and 24 hours a day in hotels and hovels and homes and teaching together and on planes together and... Um, you know, you're eating together, you're um, having meals together, you smell together, um, all those kinds of things. You're, you get to know one another and really have deep kind of fellowship because you're just talking about things that are real, things going on in your lives, you're spending lots of time together. It's like Jeff and I were talking about even with the pastors from India and the leaders from India, because they, they want to get together with you, and, we're, and we want to get together with them, but we're spending the daytime teaching, spending the evenings writing curriculum, and then we say to one another, well, you know, the only way we're going to really build relationships is spending time together. And that's true not only in India, right? It's true here as well. The only way we really build relationship is by spending purposeful kind of time together. So I love being back here in the U.S. Um, of course, with Kathleen, she's uh, the person I have the most fellowship, spiritual fellowship together. But sitting around the fire, a couple guys, three guys, four guys, five guys, we can have great intentional kind of fellowship together. Mission trips, great place where fellowship happens. Now, worship... When we come together and worship, we get to our size. Some people come and attend worship and say, well, haven't really connected with anyone. And um, I understand that. That can be really hard. We want you to connect with others. But it's going to take an opportunity to connect either in men's ministry, women's ministry, a small group, to really get to that point, to be able to spend authentic 
time together and really to have that kind of fellowship. It takes time calling one another up, saying, hey, let's go on a walk, let's uh, go to the park together. And if we don't do that, then it's very hard, really hard, on Sunday morning to have genuine kind of fellowship. Yes, we can have teaching. Yes, we can have worship together. But to have purposeful fellowship, it's going to have to be um, not only here. It can happen here. will happen here if uh, we spend enough time together. But it's going to have to go beyond Sunday morning as well. So let's go on. Verse 3. Fellowship with believers should lead to fellowship with God. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship, a relationship with God and a relationship with uh, others. We have that fellowship on two levels, vertically and horizontally. Vertically with God, horizontally with others. And part of the point of this passage is that when we have fellowship with God, authentic fellowship with God, we have authentic fellowship with one another. And where we have authentic fellowship with one another, we have authentic fellowship with God. And the two are interconnected and interrelated with one another. We have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with God's people. That's the church. So to ask the question, is the church pointless, is in a sec, in a, in a in a way, what we're, when we're asking that question, we're asking a relational question. And we're often asking that question when we're struggling relationally. Because when we're struggling relationally, then we feel like the church is a business. We feel like the church is a machine. We feel like the church doesn't really know me. And those things can happen. We, we do feel those things at times. Those are real feelings. My point is that if we get stuck with those feelings, then we don't really enter into what the church really is. Jesus said, where two or three gathered are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And so church happens at big church level, happens at small church level. And when we gather in an organized manner, we're doing so to foster real church and authentic church at whatever level, whether we're gathered with two or three or whether we're gathered with two or three hundreds. As I said, the Apostle John is the author of 1 John, one of his first letters. And so he's writing these things. He's saying, here's what I've experienced. And he says, my desire is that we also would experience the same kinds of relationships. Lee Strobel is somebody you might have heard of. He's, he's read a number of books like The Case for Faith, uh, The Case for Easter, and these kinds of books to help us to really think through what it means to follow Christ. One of the things that Lee often says is that when people are searching, they're not necessarily rejecting Jesus, but rejecting oftentimes an experience that happened in a church setting. And so if that's you, my appeal to you is that we can struggle at times with relationships, but we don't have to stay stuck in those kinds of places, that it is possible as we grow in Christ, as we come to Christ, it is possible to get past those kinds of feelings and to really experience the authentic kind of fellowship that church life can be and should be. And that's what John says. He says, 
what we've heard, what we've touched, what we've seen, it can be real and should be real, should be real in church life. Let's go over to a, another passage that's parallel in Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We'll get to this one another statement in just a second, but I want you to notice that what we're being encouraged toward, what we're to encourage one another toward. What does it say? Toward what? Love and good deeds. And so a part of the point of the church is to encourage one another toward the exhibition of love, one with another, getting beyond ourselves to genuine love and love for those we know in our workplace, in our communities, and around the world, and good deeds. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, tells us we're saved by grace through faith, and this not from yourselves, that the gift of God not by works. But then it goes on in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And so... We're saved by accepting the gift of Christ, salvation by grace, by God's gift through faith. But we don't just stop there, do we? We're created for a purpose to do good works, to point to Jesus through the good that we do. That's a part of the point of what Jesus calls to do. Now, one of the problems we have in the United States is that we have these little boxes. We live in these little boxes, our homes, and... We go to our little box. You can uh, go to work and then drive home, and many people do, driving in the garage, and never know the neighbors, never see the neighbors. Probably not as uh, likely out here as it is in the cities of the world and the suburbs of the world here in the United States, but we can do that. We just have our little box, and then within our house, we each have our own little boxes. She goes to her room, he goes to his room, Kids go to their room, and everybody has their little box and protects their little box. And then we sit in front of a little box. And uh, then we have an even tinier little box that we call our cell phones. And everybody has their little boxes. And that's, again, nice thing about going on a missions trip. No TV for three weeks. I watched 15 minutes of cricket trying to figure out how to play it. And uh, so that's a nice thing. You know, nothing on TV in... They don't have American football, which is primarily what I'm interested in this time of year. And uh, for three weeks, you know, I'm either working on things, hanging out with people, hanging out with uh, Jeff or eating or something. And so that's good. It's a good thing. Let's go on then. One another. Let's consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. What kind of relationships are we trying to produce? Trying to produce one another kind of relationships. There's a series of many, many passages that have to do with the one another relationships that we're to have. And I'll just go through these very quickly. Twelve vital experiences that we're called in the fellowship of the body of Christ to experience. We're to be members of one another. We're to be devoted to one another. And I have passages that go with these. We're to honor one another. We're to be of the same mind as one another. We're to accept one another. We're to admonish one another. 
We're to greet one another. We're to serve one another. We're to bear one another's burdens. We're to bear with one another. We're to submit to one another. We're to encourage one another. Some of those things are easier to do. We can greet one another. But some of them are harder to do. We're to submit to one another. Be of the same mind as one another. But these are the kinds of vital relationships that we're to have and the kinds of relationships that get beyond that feeling when we feel like the church is pointless. We're to have relationships which are positive in spirit. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So let's go through a few of those. If we're having a negative conversation, if the conversation is going negative, ask Philippians 4.8, is it noble? That is to say, is this a conversation worth entering into, giving my attention to? Ask Philippians 4.8, is it true? Is what we're talking about true or not? Is it right? That is, is it the right thing to do? Is it pure? We live in a society where all kind of polluting thoughts is this a pure kind of conversation and thought? Is it lovely? Do I have ugly thoughts about someone? Or do I have good thoughts about some th someone that build them up? Is it admirable? That is the thought attracted by other people. Is it excellent? Is it an important goal that I have? Is it praiseworthy? Worthy of our praise? Then we're to have relationships of love. John 13, 35. We saw that in the Hebrews passage as well. John 13, 35. How do people know that we're disciples of Jesus? Jesus tells us. He says, by this all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So he put it, bottom line. How do people know that we're followers of Jesus if you love one another? Another, he said, this is a sign. This is how people will know. This is what people will see. Then relationships of value. We value one another. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. Though all parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. The word body is used 16 times in 1 Corinthians 12. It's also used over in Ephesians chapter 4. It's used in Romans chapter 12. It's used in Colossians. We're a body. Some of us are noses, ears, eyes, knees. But we're an interconnected body. Now, is the body complex? Yeah, our body's complex. Lots of things when we examine the human body that are going on at the same time that all have to work together. And so... In a church body, church body's complex, but it is intended by God to work together. So Christian Dr. Paul Brand writes about the human brain and what it takes to, to work. He says, physiologically, the whole mental process comes to down to 10 billion cells. 10 billion cells spitting, irritating chemicals at each other across the synapses or gaps. The web of nerve cells defies description or depiction. One cubic millimeter, the size of a pinpoint, contains one billion connections among cells. 
As a result, each cell can communicate with every other cell at lightning speed as if a population far larger than the Earth were linked together so that all inhabitants could talk at once. Now I give you that quote to say that the church is interconnected in the same way that our brains are connected together to work together. The church is to be interconnected to work together as one body, the body of Christ. And furthermore, we're connected not only here, but we're connected with others who know Christ in our communities, around the nation, and around the world, which is a part of the excitement of being a part of the body of Christ anywhere and everywhere. So here's my final point. It's not just that we need the church. We are the church. You are the church. It's not just that we need the church. Each of us is the church and a part of the church. Church not a building. It's not a program. It's relationships, significant and real relationships with one another that have a purpose. And if we think the church is pointless, then we really have to point back to ourselves and ask, Am I in relationship with God? And am I in relationship with others? It's real relationships. Is the church pointless? Well, that depends on whether we have genuine fellowship. It depends on whether our activities have a point, whether we're purpose-driven or not in our relationships. We can have temporary times that we struggle, but... Having a point, having a purpose, then brings us back into relationship with God and others. Depends on, finally, who we're pointing people toward, doesn't it? Are we pointing people toward Jesus or self? We're not pointing people toward New Hope Church. That would be pointless. We're pointing people toward Jesus, and we're fulfilling our purpose when we do that. And so my call to you is ask God, am I in relationship with you? Am I in a relationship with others? Am I seeking to live out the purposes of God through this church this time? If you're here, I'm presuming you call or are investigating the opportunity to be a part of New Hope Church. And we'd love to have you do that to help fulfill the calling of God in your life to be part of the body of Christ. Let's pray to that end. God, we come. I thank you for the precious people who are here today thinking about you, reflecting upon you and your work around the world, in India, and here in our families, in our lives. Help us not to be pointless, but to be purposeful in the way that we organize ourselves as a body of Christ, the way we live those relationships out with one another and with others. And sometimes we do get tired, Lord, you know that. Sometimes we struggle I thank you that you know this and that you call us beyond those temporary feelings to live this purposeful life in Christ. May we encourage one another in all ways toward glory of God, the glory of God forever and ever we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.